it's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Boris, host of Insert Name FC, and with me, as always, is my best friend and other host of the show, Edward Robles. Hey, how's it going, guys? Episode 30, Edward. The messy number. The old school messy number. Old school messy, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, I mean, those who don't know, I feel like that's a, that's a, if you, if you're able to have that jersey, I feel like that's a, one to collect. I think if you're a jersey, oh, player, yeah, the 30, yeah, 30, yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a few people out there in the world. Speaking of jerseys, man, I hate that I have to admit this now. <laughs> Mexico, man. Oh, you got the Mexico jersey? Or you want it? I kind of wanted the the one where they played this weekend. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, when they came out with it, I was like, "Oh my god, I love that jersey, bro!" It's like, and I hate to admit that because you know that's the only national team I refuse to wear. But it looks so good. I like it, man. I don't know the black and the pink. It's a good jersey, man. I was like. I like, I, you know, and I've, I've said this before. I like how I like some of Mex- I love Mexico's jerseys. I think that they do some really good jerseys. I just don't. I just refuse to to, to, to wear them or buy them. And it's like, man, this one's pretty enticing. <laughs> hmm. Maybe they actually said like, let's try to get the Salvadorian guy to buy our jersey, right? Yeah. The listeners, all they hear is, "Oh, of course, the Salvadorian," and I hate all Mexico. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit. You know, well, those are nice. I will give them that. I mean, I'll you can get, get it. I ain't going to judge. Huh? I was like, you can get it. I ain't going to judge. You're not, but I will. <laughs> You're going to judge yourself. Yeah. You're going to rock a Mexico doozy. Where's you going to get wrong with the you're gonna look at yourself in the mirror like Peter Griffin. You are, you filthy are. Basically, that's what it is. But, uh, oh, okay, man. so we got a we got a pretty good show lined up for you guys, man. We got some headlines, some game recaps, some game preview. Obviously, our players of the week. 
and a 303 down that hopefully will not lead to any of us getting fired from our current day jobs. <laughs> so, yeah, so there is that. Um, so, if you guys don't know, we're actually from the city of Houston, and obviously, the University of Houston have made it to the final four in college basketball. Oh, that's right. Yep. So, that's pretty cool to see. Um, I mean, I went to, I go to Texas, I went to Texas State University, so I mean, that's not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm hopping on the U of H bandwagon, but it's just really cool for the city of Houston. Um, and this, honestly, I'll say the same thing for the Rockets. Like, I'm not a Rockets fan. Um, Edward knows that I'm a, I'm a Lakers fan. Yeah. Um, but, but like, even, like, I don't hate the Rockets. I, I, I find it weird when people, like, when, when people ask me, like, oh, you're a Lakers fan, so you hate the Rockets, right? And I'm like, I don't really care. Not like, not like in a bad way for the Rockets. Like, it's not hate. It's just, yeah. Like, I just have to, I just have to like the Lakers. But, um, and everyone gives me crap about it. Like, you're a Nationals fan and a Texas fan, but you don't rock with the Rockets. And I'm like, but I, I rock with the Rockets. Like, I, I'll watch the Rockets. I I mean, I, you know, at one point, that's all I could watch when I lived here, you know, living here in Houston was I couldn't watch Lakers games because, you know, the games would be on late. Um, so I would watch Rockets games, and I like I like the Rockets. They're not a bad team. Um, well, right now they're on a rebuild, but but uh, but I mean, like you know, I like James Harden. I like Steve Francis. I think they had a pretty good team back in the day. Um, but but yeah, I'm just a Lakers fan. But anyways, like it's just really cool to see University of Houston make it to the Final Four. Last time they were in the Final Four, weirdly enough, was when they had a Kibalaju on on their team, who's also part of the Rockets uh, championship team. So that's kind of crazy thing. That's crazy thing. But anyways, man, we got a jam packed show. But obviously, you guys don't you guys don't uh, listen to us for basketball. So, so let's get, let's get going with. It. And if you guys do want to listen to somebody, someone to talk basketball, check out the Reserve Podcast on the Great Unhinged Sports Network. Um, they talk some basketball. They're Sacramento Kings fans, I believe, but they do talk all soccer. I mean, not soccer, all, all basketball. They do talk basketball. And Unhinged does have their their own basketball show, similar to Unhinged FC, but they talk basketball, which I believe is called Three in the Key. So you guys are looking to just have some interesting listens. Those are some great listens from, once again, the great Unhinged Sports Network. All right, man. So we're going to go ahead and take a break. You guys are going to hear this beautiful ad, and then we'll get going with this show. Hector, what was your New Year's resolution? Same one as every year. Read more. Why every year? Well, with school and work, it's simply hard to find time to read. What if instead of reading, you listen to someone read your books for you on Audible? Audible? Audible has a large library of audiobooks that you can listen to at your convenience. I like listening to my audiobooks on my way to work. What if I don't like Audible? You can start a 30-day free trial when you go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash insert name FC podcast. You'll be supporting the insert name FC podcast along with finally getting that New Year's resolution done. Thanks. Now I'm going to start a 30-day free trial. And we are back once again. Make sure, you, like like the ad said, man. Make sure you guys check check our link tree on our Instagram and Twitter at EnterNameFC, so you guys can get some deals done. But that's great, great sponsor. Um, anyways, Edward, I'm sorry I have to do this, man. I gotta talk about Manchester United. Oh, feel free, bro. Trust me, I know what this is going. So we gotta talk about. 
Donny Van Der Beek. So for people that don't know, because I mean, probably because you don't ever see him play, uh, Donny Van Der Beek, and this is also going to probably shock you as well, is a $55 million transfer that Manchester United made his last summer from Ajax. So if you guys don't know, Ajax, obviously, it's a team from the Netherlands or a Dutch team, if you will. Um, pretty good youth academy. I mean, you know, when you hear Johan Cruyff, you, you think of Barcelona, but also you think of Ajax. And, you know, built up a very good academy system. Academy system that still gets poached from, from to this day. And yeah, this is called Donnie, the farmer team. Donnie Van de Beek is also part of a very historical Ajax. Well, not, I guess not historical, they won the Champions League, but they made it to they the semi They went to the semifinal of the Champions League. Um, and it was with three players that come in my mind. I can't, I mean, well, I also think about Onana as well as the goalkeeper, but. Three players that specifically come to my head, and those players are Frank De Young, Matias De Ligt, and Donnie Van De Beek. And that is the player that we're talking about who has not, who was actually talking about leaving Manchester United this summer. Really? Yes. And uh, I mean, you can't blame him. He hasn't really been playing, hasn't really made much of an impact for Manchester United. Um, you know, some people are probably wondering should, is Van de Beek a flop? Or is it just because of the fact that Manchester United just doesn't play him? Well, in my opinion, I don't think he's a flop. It's just they haven't been using him. He hasn't had any time. So, I mean, the first thing you're going to do is somebody who has no playing time. You know what I mean? Like, personally, he is a great player. Mm -hmm. He demonstrated it. Just, I think maybe Manchester United was a good fit for him for a minute, literally for a minute, and then they did a whole rebuild. And just, I mean, it—it's just too. There's too many players, and then I mean, his playing style I don't think fits Manchester United. I'm okay. Do you? Okay, so I'm going to do a comparison here. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Bastian Schweinsteiger. Ooh. Are you comparing him to Bastian Schweinsteiger? Yeah. Mm, I mean, I can see why you would, would do that comparison. I mean, I, I don't think he was a good fit for Bastian Schweinsteiger either. Um, okay, I, I guess that's fair to say. I, I, I think Schweinsteiger was kind of a head scratcher. And I did feel like Donovan Vandeby. I personally think he's, he's 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 still a very good player, just the fact that he played that much. Um, but kind of like how you're saying, I don't think this was a good fit for him. I think he. Um, I, I feel like there's other teams, and I still think he's an EPL quality player. I don't think that that's the issue. I think maybe there's just another team that probably would have benefited from having a player like him. But it definitely wasn't yeah. Manchester United. And then, I mean, it's just the fact that Manchester United just, just doesn't really know what they were trying to do, to be honest. I mean, Paul Pog was coming off the bench. Um, so that's got to tell you something. Um, but I feel like with Manchester United right now, I think the identity that at least that I guess they have now is through Bruno Fernandes. Is, is, you know, basically is playing through Bruno Fernandes. Um, so, I mean, yeah, no, I, I feel that, yeah, Van de Beek, uh, 
I just think it wasn't a good fit, and I think that's that's all Manchester United's fault. I don't think it's necessarily Van de Beek's fault that he's not fitting in well with Manchester United. I just think it's Manchester United's fault. Exactly. Uh, it's, like I said, I mean, it's just they did a whole rebuild, and he wasn't really included in. It. You know, neither was like right now Paul Pogba. So it's kind of like putting two players out there, and especially with <clears throat> Benjamin, it's just, I feel like he would be better off somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So as as a fan, as a Manchester United fan, I feel like it should sell him, just as, you know, hey, you know, it's not working out. So... Yeah, but the only to, issue, if you were, if you choose to sell him this summer, is that you're not going to get what, what you spent for him. Like, you're essentially this is essentially this is you literally walking out the store at GameStop, still covered still covered in the wrapping and everything, and you realize I really don't need this game. And you return it and you try to return it and it's like they they, they, they tell you that they'll buy it from it. They'll give you thirty five dollars for store credit even though it's like a sixty nine ninety nine game. I can see where you're coming with that. I mean I can see it. You're definitely not going to get a return on your investment if you choose to sell Maddie Big right now. All right. Well, what do you suggest that Manchester should do? Mm, I mean, the two options is obviously how to play him. Uh, to me, it would, it would be either you, you find a way to play him, but I mean, really, Maddie can't really make a solid argument because, I mean, Manchester United is having to see, I mean, at least as long as they don't mess it up too bad, Manchester United is in the Champions League spot. Um, but I mean, so I mean, there's no real need. I mean, you can't say like, "Oh, the team is suffering," and that's because I'm not playing. So, well, you can't make that argument right now. Um, but I guess the other route that Manchester United could do, where they could maybe, it's kind of a risk because obviously we can't perform, we can't perform. But um, sending my own loan, um, let the team if the team gives the team the if he goes loaned out to give him the option to buy. If he performs well, well, at least you get some some sort of Return on your on your sale on your investment, or um, you know he does well, and maybe the team can't afford him, and another team rises to the occasion, or maybe from that loan, Manchester United's like, hey man, you know what, this guy has something that we're, we're missing out on, and you know then he becomes part of Manchester United, but at least he gets to play because the only issue right now is that Vanity's not playing, so you can't really tell what's the issue for him. It's just a matter right now is like. You're not gonna. You're not gonna get warmed up with the team. I mean, practice and all that is one thing, but the way you really get comfortable with the team is by playing with that. Exactly. Uh, so for me, mm-hmm. I think I think uh, Van der Beek just needs to play more. And I mean, even if it's not with Manchester United, if he goes out alone. At least he's playing very early, so you can see what he can do. And then maybe Manchester United is like, hey, you know what? We kind of, you know, it's it's like typical uh, like high school movies where. It's like, oh, you don't know what you got till it's gone kind of moment. And it's like, oh, no, I want you back. Kind of thing. <laughs> Running through the airport to try to get him back. Yep. So, so I think that's the that's the route to go if you're matching United. Um, and I think Van de Beek obviously wouldn't, wouldn't say no to that because obviously he gets to go, he gets to go somewhere where he can play. Yeah. So what do you see, what do you think? What, like, do you think he's a flop or no? 
I don't know. I don't think he's a flop. I just think it's just the fact that he's just not playing. I think, like I said, Manchester United's fault. I don't think it's Bandit. It's not anything to do with Bandit. Because I think Bandit is a really good player. Um, actually, that's a player I, I wanted to arch with. But, Manchester United got him. So you want him to go to Man to I was about to say Man City. So you want him to go to Arsenal? I mean, I definitely don't want him to go to Man City. <laughs> I feel like he, him and Pep would probably be very, very perfect for each other. But no, uh, yeah, I would definitely love him in Arsenal. I think he, he you know, they kind of need a a holding, you know, a good box to box midfielder, someone that can help Odegaard. I think Van Dijk would be definitely be a good one. That would be a good match. That would be a good. Uh... Little team up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hey, you never know. You never know. Exactly. All right, man. So we're going to segue into another player. Actually, Ron Greenock is a player that did once play for Manchester United. And that is one Slatan Ibrahimovic, who made his return to the Swedish national team. Oh, okay. That is correct. And for those that, that didn't know, he actually retired from. Uh, but he, he did retire. Yeah, yeah. He did retire, so he chose to come out of retirement to play for Sweden. And it's probably just because of the fact that he's now playing with AC Milan, you know, kind of found his form sort of. Because I mean, obviously, he's also dealing with you know injuries and just the fact that like you know age, you know, age is finally eventually age is going to be um, age and, is even getting to the line. To the yeah. So, so, but he made his return to Sweden. Um, he had a very emotional press conference. Um, not so much of, I think, making his return to Sweden. I think it's just the fact that, you know, obviously he's away from his kids um, with all of that. But, you know, obviously, you know, it's just, you know, for anybody, the, the opportunity to play for your national team is always something special. Um, but obviously, you know, right now with, with the pandemic and all that, um, anytime that you guess you don't get to be with family, that could be very difficult for somebody. Um, but, yeah. I, you know, he came, you know, but he wasn't, he wasn't just here to, you know, make, Face. I mean, this guy played, and he played very well. Not necessarily the way that we would imagine him, because I mean, obviously, we think of Sultan with scoring abilities. But this case, he was actually more of a provider. As in the first game that they played against Georgia, mind you, this is also uh, World Cup qualifiers. So this isn't just like any friendly. This is this is qualifying for the World Cup. Um, so he had, he provided an assist in the one nothing win against Georgia. And then provide two assists in the three to nothing win against Kosovo. Damn, look at that boy. I mean, it just goes to show you, like, <clears throat> he still had he still has a lot left in the tank. Like he even even at his age, do you think that he may play in the World Cup? Um, I hope he does. I mean, obviously barring health issues or anything like that. Um, and then hopefully his age is, because I mean, I think at that point he'll be 40 uh, for 2022. Um, so yeah. it's, it's not like crazy of an idea, but obviously, as long as Latan knows his body and, and could, you know, really know, and I mean, because being in a World Cup, that's a, a whole beast of its own. Especially, it does take a toll on the body. But I think if there's somebody that, Understands his body very well. Besides Sean Ronaldo, it's definitely Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So yeah, I, mean, I would definitely love to see uh, uh, Zlatan get one more. I mean, honestly, this is this World Cup could be the the last World Cup we see certain players 
um, specifically, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo and, and Messi and, and Falcone for him, it's just a, just to think of a few. I mean, those could be the last times we see those guys wearing their, their national shirts. So that's crazy to think of. But um, Exactly. So this is, this is basically that moment to shine kind of shit, especially mm-hmm. for Slatan, honestly. Like, he's, he's a lot older than Messi and Ronaldo. Yeah. Um, yep, because I believe Messi. Messi's only like, he's, he's, he's eight years older than Ronaldo, I think. Eight years. I think so. Because isn't he 43? Is that time? Yeah. No, he's, he's, he's 39. Oh, he's 30. Oh, man, I'm tripping. I'm sorry. So Dang, man. Like two or three years. <laughs> I'm adding more age to the guy. Poor guy. Ronaldo's only like that. 37. Yeah, I know. And then Messi's like 30, 34, 33. More around there. Yeah. But yeah, no, no, it's exciting. I mean, it's just really cool since Zlatan's still playing, man. Like, I mean, um, <laughs> I wish he, I wish he would have gotten some silverware with the MLS, but that would have meant that the LA guys would have won something. So maybe it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird feeling for me because, like, you know, I love Zlatan, but I also hate the LA guys too. <laughs> but, um, so, in the process, it's like, it's kind of like a bittersweet moment. No, yeah, totally. But I mean, you know, it's just great to see him back with the Swedish national team. I mean, like I said, he bowled. Um, it would be great to see him get one more shot in the World Cup. But obviously, he wasn't part of the the 2018 World Cup. You know, he wasn't in that team. So for him to get one more shot in the World Cup, it would definitely, I feel like, a great ending for Zlatan. I think that's where he can call it a career um, right then and there. Even if they don't win the World Cup, I just think one more run, one more run with the Swedish national team. Um, would be great to see. For him, yeah. Definitely. All right, man. So we're going to talk about the U.S. Women's National Team. Specifically, one Megan Rapinoe who goes to Washington, D.C. on equal payday, which was um, not not this past Wednesday, but the Wednesday before. Give you guys a reference. Obviously, this episode dropped on Friday. I'm going to be talking. Yeah. (laughs) So the previous... Wednesday, not not this past Wednesday, but the Wednesday before was equal payday, and uh, Megan Rapinoe was invited to come to the White House to speak on compensation for women in sports and and some other topics as well. But um, one, I mean, we all know Megan Rapinoe is very vocal on on social issues. Obviously, we've seen her. Um, I believe she was actually the first one to take a knee during the national anthem. Um, in, at least in the soccer world. Um, so it was, you know, obviously, I think a very good choice to have to invite her over to, to the White House to speak on these matters. Um, but, I mean, she talked, I mean, you know, obviously she wasn't just talking about soccer. I mean, obviously we know the argument that we make for women's national team, the fact that they don't, that they don't even make the same amount as the men's national team, but we feel that the men's national team could probably be making less to motivate them. Um, especially because, you know, the women's national team has brought you gold cups and Olympic gold medals um, and just so much silverware. So, I mean, you know, you, you're, you're supposed to, you know, take care of what, what wins you the money and what wins you stuff, right? Um, but, I mean, she spoke on some other things and, and one of the things I recently thought that was like, okay, there's a clear, distinct difference between men and women's sports was what happened in the NCAA tournament. So, um, Edward, I don't know if you know about this, but um, there was a video that came out 
it was actually on TikTok, I believe, um, that, you know, in for the NCAA basketball tournament, in the men's side, they had this fully decked out weight room, um, you know, had everything that you wanted for, for someone that's, you know, into the, all that weightlifting stuff. And then on the women's side of the, the, the women's weight room, I guess if you want to call it a weight room, it was a stack of dumbbells. Damn, are you serious? Yep. But it was it wasn't just that. I mean the, the meal plans were both clearly different. Um then you had the swag bags that, that that they got. The men clearly got a massive collection of things for their swag bag, whereas uh the women only got a drawstring bag. Oh man, are you serious? Yeah, I mean there were some some things in there, but still like compared to what the men men's basketball and I mean some people are gonna be able men's basketball tournament gets more viewership basketball, but I don't think that's the point. I mean, obviously, you know, especially with all the issues, but luckily through the power of social media, because sometimes social media does have some sort of benefit. Um, people share the outrage, share the whole, you know, you have professional athletes even speaking on it. Um, and obviously when you have LeBron James come and speak on this, you know, you're going to, you know, something's oh, yeah. going to get done. And so, yeah, next thing you know, NCAA fixes the weight room. Um, you know, now the women have like a legitimate weight room. Um, so that was just kind of crazy how that happened. But Megan Rubio did speak on that issue as, and on that situation as well during her speech. And um, she came, she gave this quote, and I wanted to, to point say this quote as well. And that is, despite all the wins, I'm still paid less than men who do the same job that I do. And maybe I'm going to just true. say this: the men's national team, I don't know if they're doing the exact same job because <laughs> uh, they're not winning. It's it's a it's the same job just doing it kind of half-assed. <laughs> this is the the uh, there's a, a meme. Well, not a meme, but I saw it on Facebook, and I remember it was like I'm looking for a welder, um, uh, and then like pay rate pay wage can be from eighteen an hour to like twenty four an hour, and then someone sent a picture and it was like a a pretty bad uh, welder job. And he's like, that's what you get for 18 an hour. And then, like, this really pristine welding job is like, that's what you get for 24 an hour. Yep. So, yeah. But, um, no, I mean, obviously, you know, the women's national team, they're the ones, you know, winning, winning cups. I mean, I hate the, that people try to, like, devalue them. Because, I mean, like, they're all like, oh, you know, the competition that the men deal with are, are very, are much, very much better than. And what the women deal with, and I'm like, that's not necessarily true. Because I mean, you know, in, in in the women's turn, in the women's international level, you still have the French circuits, the powerhouses. It just so happens that one of those powerhouses are also the U.S. But I mean, you still have you still have Germany, you still have J- Japan is a team that maybe you may not think about on the men's side, but is pretty good on the women's side. Um, Australia, China. Australia, um, Germany. What you call it? No, England already said Germany. Oh, I did. England looks pretty Brazil. good. Brazil. I mean, yeah, Brazil. Um, France. France looks pretty solid as well. Oh, France looks pretty badass. The Dutch. I mean, the, the Dutch just looks pretty. So it's it not necessarily like, and I mean, you want three straight wolf cups. That's not easy. Yeah. That tournament is oh, very yeah. exhausting. And, and to, to, to make it to the final, that's still pretty difficult on its own. So, I, I I don't I don't care it essentially in in its own way it's an even playing field for both fans. 
if you still have to face who you have to face. You still have to play a similar tournament. I don't care. One's winning it, one's not, and one's not even qualifying for some of these tournaments as well. So, in my opinion, yes, the women's, if, if anything, the women's national team should be getting paid a lot more than the men's national team. Oh, yeah. Especially with, it's kind of like getting graded. Um, you get 100, so don't you deserve 100? And then yet, you do a paper that's like a 75, but just because they're grading on a curve, they're like, mm, we'll go ahead and do your 95. And the men are having that makes no sense. <laughs> and the yeah, men are the ones that have the curve. Big curves, financially speaking. Oh, yeah. So it's ridiculous. I mean, it was pretty, I mean, it's pretty cool to see Negra from the paper. Like I said, like kind of how I said earlier, she's very, she's very vocal on, on matters like this. So for her to be able to voice her opinion, I think it's just really great. So, so I, I'm happy for that. So you're literally saying hats off to her? Yeah. Hats off to Rapino. She is one of my favorite players. She is my favorite mm-hmm. player, actually, on the women's national team. It's so much fun to, to watch yeah, in the game. And then like, Especially in FIFA, whenever I play with the U.S. Women's National Team, I, I make sure I score goals with the Megan Rapino. She, she's a boss. And I think it's probably just because of my bias because you know, she wears 15. I think that's probably it. I wonder why. Yeah. Number 15, man, it's a great number. It's a great, great number. Legendary, if you will. All right, everybody. So we're going to feel like we're going to get into a soapbox with this topic. Well, it's not a topic. This is our debate. Our debate topic for today. Um, for, so for those of you who you guys probably see this debate topic on our Instagram or Twitter at InterGameMT, um, you have, you're more than welcome to go ahead and, re- and respond your case on those, on those, on those posts. Um, and if you have an idea for a debate topic, just go ahead and send it to us through our social media once again on Twitter and Instagram at InterGameMT. You can add us on, uh, just, you know, at Instagram FC and then give us your debate topic, or you can send us a message on Instagram once again at Instagram FC for a debate topic. So, Edward, the debate topic for today is should the U.S. men's national team make the Olympic qualifiers a priority? And did you feel like they did? Well, I think. It should have been a priority, but they didn't take it as a priority. Okay. Could you uh, elaborate on that? Uh, well, okay. So, okay. So the, they used the under twenty three squad for the Olympic, right? They used any of the main ones like um, Eugenio Dest, Christian Pulisic. Gio Reyna, hell, even uh, Aronson, you know, like they could have, or is Josh Sargent under 23? I believe Josh Sargent is under 23. So I, they didn't use them. So they should have used them in those instead of the friends. Like not all of them, but just enough to where there's some fight left in the team. You know what I mean? No, I totally agree, and I and I'm with you on it. I think one, the Olympics should have been looked at as a, as as a priority, and, and three, I don't think they did it. And, and and some people are gonna get mad when they're like, you know, like, oh, you can't you can't say that they don't have talent. 
let's face it, we looked at that roster, the call up for the Olympics, and we're just kind of like, I mean, they're not bad players. Like, Ochoa, the goalkeeper, I actually did like, I didn't know much about him, but he got my respect because I think he did a really good job. I don't think the reason why they didn't qualify for the Olympics was his fault. I think it's just because of the fact that just going back from those last two games, the game against Mexico and the game against uh, Honduras, which obviously, which kind of, so let's just mention about the, the, the Olympic qualifier. All the U.S. had to do was win their semifinal game. They didn't have to win the final. They just had to win the semifinal game and they're on to Tokyo for the Olympics. That's all you need to do. Um, you on, on paper, you probably should beat Honduras. Probably. I'm not going to sit here and devalue Honduras, but I mean, they were, clearly they wanted it more. But, yeah. When you look they were, at, they were more hungrier for it. When you look at that roster, when you look at that call up for the U.S. for the U.S. youth national team, you're like, it could be better. Uh, there were some players that I liked. Obviously, Sebastian Soto, a player that I do like. I do like seeing. But I'm like, um, I mean, I'm fine with Sebastian Soto. But I mean, like some of the other players that I saw, um, there's some guys that maybe are just like. You know, we don't know much of. And honestly, it was a lot of MLS guys. And that's not taking any shots at the MLS, but I just think that there's still clearly some develop, the development isn't there yet for, for the U.S. And, but, but then you think of like the under 23 players that the U.S. do, do have. And, you know, you could have, I, I feel like Brian Reynolds could have been a player that you could have probably brought to the Olympic team. Christian Pulisic has stated that he does want to compete in the Olympics. Why not let him go and captain that team? Um, I mean, Sergino Des, I feel like just because of the fact that he is a regular player for Barcelona and Barcelona doesn't want to deal with the whole that he would have to quarantine before he can come and, you know, go back to training with, with Barcelona and play for Barcelona. I don't think that maybe that's the reason why they wouldn't let him go because obviously the, the Olympic qualifiers were in Mexico. Um, I can see Christian Pulisic maybe kind of like, Guilt Tuchel just because of the fact that Tuchel hasn't really been playing him, but maybe he can make that as an argument. But I feel like like a player like Brian Reynolds or like a player, um, like a Chris Richards. Like I mean, yes, he. I don't. I feel like he's made more of a regular now with Hoffenheim, but you know, I I feel like you can have there's certain players that you, I feel like you could have like let go and play for the Olympics, um, instead of playing a friendly, two friendlies to be specific. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. so, I mean, I think that that was kind of a clearly like that's where you're like, okay, I don't think they're treating this as a priority right now. And then, especially when the man that you put in charge of this, you know, U23 team is, is Jason Christ, a man that has failed to maintain two MLS jobs and has now given the Olympic qualifier team, like, I want to know how this guy does an interview because I need to learn from him because I need to figure it out. Like, really he knows how to, he knows how how to get, get hired as a coach. He knows how to get a job. I mean, he doesn't know how to maintain the job, but he knows how to get a job. Um, so, I mean, yeah, no, I definitely do not feel like they, they treat it as a priority. Um, and for the people that are like, oh man, you guys can't, you guys can't, uh, you guys can't, you know, bash the guys and all that for, yes. Yes, you can because the U.S. men, the U.S. men's national team, 
have now gone three straight Olympic qualifiers and not qualified for the Olympics. This is the third straight Olympics that they will be missing. And that is embarrassing. That is an embarrassment. All that you're hearing from Taylor Twelman, from Alexi Lawless, from all the soccer uh, heads that you see in, in, in the in the sports world, like ESPN and Fox Sports and all that, they have every right to criticize how U.S. is being ran right now. Because this was a clear issue that the U.S. have faced. I mean, aside from, this is just another thing that they didn't qualify for to add on to the fact that, hey, we didn't qualify for the World Cup, the recent World Cup. It's not a good look for them. Especially because this is, and kind of like, okay, it's cool to see them in the front end. I guess that's cool. But there's no, you know, you had something like there was like something like win or, or not go. And that would have been a great test for to see how, how these young players will look. And that's why I feel like it's also a missed opportunity. Like it is such a big missed opportunity because you guys could have seen them how they look there in a competitive level. And you can't tell me that Mexico didn't bring out some good players for their team. Yes, granted, most of them were playing in Liga MX, but that also shows you that their, that their league actually helped build the future of Mexico. I mean, you saw, you saw Macias, you saw Antuna, you saw Vega. You saw the guys that you would expect that are one day going to be playing for Mexico on the senior team. So for me, like, you know, Mexico is taking, obviously, Mexico took it seriously because, you know, they're in the final. They're going to, they're going to the Olympics again. So like, I just, if the U.S. wants to be taken seriously, they need to take every opportunity seriously. You're going to literally take friendlies over an Olympic qualifier. That's what I'm seeing right now. And that's what I don't like. Exactly. I mean, I can see where you're frustrated at. And trust me, I'm right there with you, bro. Like, I just, it's a pain in the ass, man. I just, uh, I'm going to deal with all this shit going on. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess, like you said, like you, you put it in a good way with the whole COVID thing going on with the guys that play in the main teams. But at the same time, it's like, come on. Like, I feel like the Olympics is a hell of a lot more important than families. No, for sure. I think there's certain players that could probably gone away with it. I guess Brian Reynolds is one that I think could get away with it. I feel like Chris Richards is a player that could get away with it. Uh, and I mean, like, you know, Chris Richards and Brian Reynolds, they weren't guys that were. I mean, Brian Rose came off the bench in, in, in the Northern Ireland game, but I feel like that's a player that could probably get, be better off getting some starting minutes. And I feel like he could have gotten that in the Olympic qualifiers. So that's like what's, what's frustrating. But, but obviously we, we can go, we can go hours talking about having our issues with the US national team. So we're not trying to drag that out. So. We're going to go ahead and get a little, we're going to take a break, kind of decompress a little bit, and then we'll get into some game recaps and, of course, our players of the week. So. Ugh, my cable bill's through the roof again. Why don't you switch to Fubo TV? What is Fubo TV? Fubo TV is a streaming service that provides over 100 channels and without the hassle of a cable contract, so you can cancel at any time. Mm, that sounds too good to be true. Well, if you go to the bio of our Instagram or Twitter at InsternameFC, click on the link tree, 
and go to our Fubo TV link, you can get start a seven-day free trial. Not only will you be freeing yourself from cable, but you will also be supporting the Insert Name FC podcast and the Unhinged Sports Network. I'm going to start my seven-day free trial right now. And we are back. Well, you heard the ad. Once again, take advantage of those ads, man. Now, you take advantage, you, you get some deals done, you get you get financial support. It's a win-win. <laughs> right. All right, Edward. What's your game to recap? All right, so my game to recap is... <clears throat> okay, so my game to recap is actually an international game, which is kind of rare for me. Um, it is actually kind of rare, even though we're on the international break. <laughs> I know, I know, but even then, like, uh, I chose Wales versus Mexico, which Wales actually beat Mexico 1 0. So, uh, I'm mean, gonna say Wales will love to see it. Mexico, they love to see it. You I'm going to say, I, I love it. Okay, I, I can see that. I'm just going to say this, man, because the U.S. And, and I mean, I know you just heard us have this whole soapbox about the U.S. men's national team, but one of the first games that the U.S. men's national team played after you know the whole COVID thing, um, I guess their return from the whole thing was they played against Wales and they had a nil-nil draw against Wales, and all we heard. Of the Mexico fans was, oh my god, you guys gonna be, you guys gonna be whales, they're trash, they're trash. Well, how the turntables, that's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. Anyways, go on, network. Way to, way to quit the office there. <laughs> how the turntables have turned. Um, okay, so basically, whales beat Mexico 1 0. Um, Mexico had 75, 75% of possession. So Mexico had a good, a good chunk. It wasn't like, oh, you know, like they were getting beaten by Wales, if anything. I think after the first goal, Wales kind of parked the bus a bit. Um, Mexico outshot Wales 9-4. to four. So like I said, Mexico had... I guess they just couldn't finish. They didn't have that number nine that they needed. No, yeah, so, they, they were without Raul Jimenez. I actually believe that Chuck Lozano was actually playing that nine. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a, it was a, yeah, Chuck Lozano was playing number nine, which to me was like ironic as fuck because he's not a number nine. I think they were, I think, because so, I was watching that game, I, I think um, the announcers were talking about the height of the front three. Because I believe it was Tecatito, Chucky Lozano, and I don't remember who was on the right side. Oh, no, I think on the, it, I believe on the left was actually uh, Guardado. I think that's what it was, Guardado on the left, Chucky Lozano in the middle, and on the right was uh, Tecatito. So it was a very <laughs> undersized front three. Um, yeah, it really was. Yeah, that's crazy to think, man. But yeah, uh, as, as you were saying, though, man, um, I don't think it, it just happened to be that, you know, Wales was able to get one in the back of the net. They just kind of 
defended their own and, and made sure. I mean, we did see Garrett Bale signing. I mean, Garrett Bale was there. Was there. Um, he wasn't playing golf. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, that wasn't really that much of a factor because he was the one to score the goal. And I guess I took him off the bench. Um, but yeah, no, it was a, just a, it was just a bizarre game. I, I think it, it, you know, it just didn't look like Mexico really had the ability to finish this game. I think that's what it was and down to it. And Wales was able to benefit from it. I think this game should have been a nil nil draw, honestly. Um, but yeah. Yeah, they got the goal. Yeah. Hey, they got the goal. And I mean, they, I'm not going to say they played, oh my God, amazing. Like I said, they didn't play amazing. They didn't play like, oh my God, this is the best Wales we've seen. No, it was just, you know, it was just, it was just opportunities were taken. Mm-hmm. So that, that's how I see it. Opportunities were taken. And then, of course, on Mexico side, opportunities were not taken. They were. They weren't. They said it was more of like, like I said, they, Wales parked the bus, so there was there was a hard time trying to get through. Um, mm-hmm. I know Tucky had one where he almost tipped it or something and kind of went over. Um, but it just it, it just goes to show you that, that, that number nine is crucial. Mm-hmm. You need that striker up there. You need him up there. Mm-hmm. So, no, I agree. So, um, what's your name recap, bro? My game to recap is the questionable 2-2 draw of Portugal versus Serbia. Serbia. Um, Portugal so, has... Serbia. Yep, Serbia. So, 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 that's better than what I called it. What did I say? So, so, no, I, I said Serbia, or what did I say? I can't remember. Serbania? No, I don't, I don't remember. Um, anyway, so, so Portugal had 56% of the possession. Serbia outshot Portugal 16 to 12. Um, I mean, I, I would say it's a, a fairly even game, at least when you look at the stats like that. Uh, but I will, the one thing I will say is Portugal did give up a two goal lead. That's what I'll, I'll put right there. Um, so there was a lot of defense. I mean, you let you let Serbia come back. You know that happens, but this should have been a three-two win for Portugal, and that is because there was a controversial goal. goal. Uh, what's funny is actually I put this on Twitter, and I put tweet that if that's not a goal, then I'm not fat because that's how plainly obvious it was a goal. Um, it, it was plain as day. Um, I will say <laughs> shout out to that guy on on Twitter that that told me I was not fat, um, but. You don't you don't know me, man. <laughs> right? You don't know me. Um, but I mean, you know, I took the I took the I took it to Instagram to like you know I put a poll down to see how everybody felt, and everybody said it was a goal. Not one person said it was not a goal. So it was a it was a clear goal. It was a bad call from the referee for them to say it was a no goal. Didn't even go to VAR. I don't think VAR was available for the uh, for the UEFA World Cup qualifiers. To be honest. And that's another thing, man. This is a World Cup qualifier. And you make that bonehead of a call. So, yeah. which led to uh, Cristiano Ronaldo being very furious. Um, yelled, you know, yelled at the referee. He's got a yellow card. And he walks out. The game wasn't over. He walks out. 
Um, throws his captain's arm back to the ground. Maybe maybe a little bit over over the top. Uh, maybe went a little too far there, but leaves the game before the game was over. I mean, it was in the final minutes. It was literally like Wilson was going to be blown pretty soon. But um, I mean, it's not a good look for Cristiano Ronaldo, but it's definitely not a good look for that for that referee. I think this was, that was that should have been a three-two win for for Portugal, and um, that's a crucial those, that's a crucial two points brought from Portugal. Yeah, so, they needed that. So I mean, yeah, no, that that's where you know what's the point of having VAR? What's the whole point of having assistant referees? Like, what's the whole point of all that? If you know, no one argued with the ref. That's the crazy part. Like, none of the refs like, hey man, you know, not cross the line. And it's like, no. And the referee, the referee ends up apologizing. And it was a goal, but I mean, at that point, yeah. the apology means nothing. So yeah, the game's over. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's not like it's not like you can change the score. So that way it's a three-two for Portugal. I mean, it's done. It's done. Um, but yeah. you, know, the, you know, I get the people that say that we don't need video uh, video assistant referee or VAR um, because obviously it it takes more time and out of the game because obviously then you have to add that to to injury time and all that. Um, but this is the reason why you have it. This is literally the reason why you have VAR. These are music, oh. yeah, these games are the reason why you have it. Yeah, so I mean, and it's a, and, and it's a World Cup qualifier, so you would think they would have it. Yeah, so that's like the head scratcher of it, Tom. So, no, yeah, definitely Charon Ronaldo got robbed. I don't blame him for any bit being mad. I don't necessarily, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't support the whole idea of that. Was kind of a little bit insulting, but, you know, the whole throwing the captain's our events to the ground thing and then walking out of the game before the game was even over. But, um, but yeah, no, I don't blame him for being mad. I, it, was, I, it, was, it was it was out of frustration. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, can, I can, like you said, you can't blame him. Yeah, I can't blame him for being mad. Man. It's just, it's just so such a bone, just such a bonehead decision for the referee. That's all I gotta say for that one. Yeah. This is a dumb call. Like, I mean, it, it's clearly a goal. The defender, the defender didn't save it. I mean, like it was, it clearly passed the line. It wasn't like uh, a smidge wasn't full. It was like the ball was fully crossed. That's a goal. <laughs> like it was. Like, like I said, if, like I said, like on Twitter, if that's not a goal, then I'm not. Like, <laughs> it, it was, was there like that um, that goal technology where they do the three D digital thing? Um, I mean, I didn't see any images like that. That's why I would assume no. Oh, okay, but. <clears throat> It was frustrating, man. Yeah. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Shit, I could see that. Yep. All right, man. Sure, like I said, I mean, I'd be in the same mess. I'd be in the same boat as all the. Like, I'd probably throw hands with that referee, referee. To be honest, those are the referees Shit. Jimmy Rock. That's the bad. Oh, that's probably <laughs> what it was. But <clears throat> all right, man. Let's. Let's shake this off. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, we just got mad from the US National Team and we get mad up. we get mad from Cristiano Ronaldo. We feel you, Ronaldo. All right, Edward. Listen players, to the podcast. We feel you. Players of the week, man. I mean, we've already had them. Play. Hey, matter of fact, we had a player of player of the week twice now. But yeah. Edward, yeah. players of the week. All right, so players of the week. <clears throat> My player of the week is Artem 
I can't say this one. Ziuba. Artem Ziuba from Russia because he scored two goals and Russia's two to one win against Slovenia, which, you know, that's pretty, it, it's, to score two goals and those were World Cup, World Cup qualifying games. So, you know, remember, Russia, Russia showed up last World Cup. They were surprised. So, you never know. Everybody so, was surprised. Do it again. I actually had oh, a yeah. not even make it to, not make it past the group. Yeah, and they did. They fucking got out of it. Everything. That's the other thing. They were in a group with Egypt, Uruguay, obviously Russia. Only little, the, 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 the last I can't remember. I can't remember the last one. Was it in Saudi Arabia? I can't remember. It might, might, might have been Saudi Arabia. It was an team, I think. I, I'm pretty sure it was an team. But anyways, no, yeah. Um, Russia's a Russia's team is a pretty good team, and I mean, um, uh, Artem is actually the captain of Russia. So, I mean, you know, wait, wait for him to step up and be the leader for his team and put two goals in for for, for a big win against Slovenia. Obviously, like like you said, it's a World Cup qualifier, so pretty important. Yeah, but yeah, that's a really good pick, though. Great pick for a player of the week. Yeah, yeah. You know how I do, but uh, who's your who's your player of the week? My player of the week is Borak Yomans, who scores a hat trick in Turkey's four two win against the Netherlands. Once again, oh, nice against the Netherlands. This is the week for Turkey, man. Because now that they win this game, they won also their second. So not bad, not bad. Of week. I think Turkey might be able to qualify for World Cup. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not the first time either that they've qualified for the World Cup. But yeah. No, so, they look really good. Shit. They had a really good week, so don't be surprised, man. That's going to be a sleeper team for the World Cup. To qualify for the World Cup. Not for the World Cup. No, no, no. <laughs> no. They'll make it, but I don't think they're going to go very far. But yeah, so congratulations to Ardem Diuba. And Barack Gildens for being our players of the week. Nice. Congrats. I'm sure, what do we call I'm it? Sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure Jim right now is pissed off that I, I, I pronounced a, Jim, a, a Russian name over his, his last name, but hey, like goes on. <laughs> right? He's going to be like, hmm. You need to talk to you, Hector. You motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, don't worry, Jim. We love you, bro. We love you. All right, we're game previews. Yeah, let's get right. out of this awkward situation. <laughs> we don't want to get in trouble. Is all it is. You can say it out loud. Exactly. So, all right. So the first game preview is Arsenal versus Liverpool. That's a really badass one. Um, the last meeting, Arsenal won in penalties. 0 0 in the Carabao Cup. So, yeah, they won the penalties. Mm-hmm. So, that's pretty badass. Um, beating a top tier team, but Liverpool right now is struggling. Are they? So, yeah, I mean, well, think about it. I mean, remember how we were talking about they're not 
consistent right now. Yeah, but haven't they won three of the last five games? They they have. They've won three of the last five games and they've um I, I just feel like remember how we were talking about maybe a couple of weeks ago how they're they're out of they're out of the uh, the run for the EPL, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just that's, that's I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like right now, it, I mean, no, to. I get what you're saying. I mean, obviously, I think the at least two two of those wins are coming from you know obviously Champions League. So I mean, in league play, mm-hmm. yes, they have been. Um, I, I definitely get what you're saying there. Um, but I mean, it's not like Liverpool's completely out of it. Um, but I mean, this year, I mean, the big issue is the fact that they are without Van Dyke. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride on, I'm gonna ride on that, on that, that man that gives me best player. No one can change my opinion. <laughs> I even, Edward, you, you, you failed that individually because you, once again, Virgil Van Dyke is the best player. And clearly it shows, yeah. you know, look what they are. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. That's all I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Liverpool has allowed 36 goals this season. Um, it's not necessarily the season that they were hoping for. I mean, they, that's the only silver lining at this point for, for Liverpool is that, well, they are still at a good shot at, at making it to the Champions Sort of. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe said silver lining. Sort of. But yeah, so they still have that with them. But if you need to get informed, and I mean, Maybe maybe going up against this scrappy Arsenal team to maybe do. You think so? Uh what do you what is your what is your what is your how do I say this? What is your premonition for this match? My what is your prediction? My prediction. Yeah, sorry. Your prediction your prediction. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> like my premonition. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I'm not gonna predict this game because I don't do predictions because I always look like an idiot. Uh, if if you don't believe me, go check out Unhinged FC. <laughs> Edward, no, Edward, and also about to that one. But uh, I mean, the thing I like about Arsenal right now, it's crazy that you know those words are coming out of my mouth. Is is they're they're finding something, and I like what they're doing with the young players. Obviously, when, when I think of the young players, obviously soccer and Smith bro, and uh, and I definitely love what I'm seeing from from Martin Odegaard. Um, I think that you have something here. You're, you're they got something, and then hopefully they can they can definitely get uh, Odegaard in Arsenal for next season, or like you know, I guess I lock them in because Arsenal looks so much different with Odegaard in their starting lineup, and it shows they look really good. Um. The backline is still going to be a concern for me just because of the fact that you are going up against Liverpool's uh, front three. Still scary front three, nonetheless. Even though they don't have, their defense isn't up to par, they still have an attack. Right. Um, but as much as I want to say Arsenal's going to win it, I feel like I feel like I got to give it to Liverpool. I think Liverpool gets the win. Okay. And I just think it's okay. just Ars- Arsenal has has something special going on with them. They have the, the, those young players and all that. They're just not ready. They're just not ready. 
they're not ready for the big time. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Liverpool. Liverpool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's my thing. Liverpool. Okay. Was it the next game? Yeah. Hold on. It's my toe. Okay. So people, <laughs> people listening at home, drop the battery on my foot. Specific bus. 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 Specific the second game is Bayern Munich versus RB Leipzig. It is a number one versus number two matchup. Um, first versus second. You guys can go ahead and guess who you think is first place. Um, <laughs> quite obvious. But their last meeting was a 3-3 draw. Um, actually, as a matter of fact, their last three meetings have been drawn. Um, Bayern Munich has have scored 78 goals this season, and RB Leipzig have allowed 21 goals. You have a really good attack. I feel like really good is not. You have an amazing attack going up against a pretty de- a pretty good defense. Um, if there's one thing that we've said about Leipzig that they have a pretty solid defense. They do have some really good players in the attacking side. Um, but this is once again a big test for them. They were able to hold their own against uh, Bayern Munich in the first meeting this season. But um, those lightning strike twice for them. So, do you think? What do you think it worth? It's a tough one. Do you think that they can actually hold their own against Robert Lewandowski? Um, well, I mean, they, they did the draw three. I'm just saying, like, the defense, you think they can not let goals in? Uh, I mean... Because at that point... At that I feel point, like with Bayern Munich, man, it's a team that, like, if you get them once, brag about it to the, to the, to the end of days. Because that's not going to happen again. That's how I feel about this Bayern Munich team. This Bayern Munich team is always scary. It's always stacked. It's such an exciting team to watch. You can't count them out when they're when they're down by a lot. They always come. They, they're, they're just really too. They're just too. It's unfair. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. So right. I, I I don't think. I mean, they didn't. I mean, technically, they didn't. They definitely didn't draw that game because of their defensive prowess. It was definitely because of the fact that their attack was able to capitalize on some mistakes from Bayern Munich. Um, yeah, I, I have to go with Bayern Munich on this one. Myself, I would have to go with Bayern Munich. I just don't think you can, you can get over them twice. And yes, I'm, I'm counting a draw as getting over Bayern Munich. Uh, that's a, I guess you could say that's a big reach when it's a draw. What? I mean, I, I say that's a big reach for you to say that they can stand, that they can withstand Bayern Munich. No, I, didn't, I said that Bayern Munich wins. Oh, you say that Bayern Munich wins? Oh, okay. I said I'm that. Sorry. Oh my God, I was. I said, I said that um, RB Leipzig. Like, it, it's hard to say that 
if you get over Bayern Munich once, I said hold on to it because that's a, that's all the time you're ever gonna get over Bayern oh, Munich. Okay. And I said that yes. yes, I count RB Leipzig drawing as getting over Bayern Munich. I mentioned okay. Jesus Christ, but <laughs> all right. So the the third game preview is yeah. basically <laughs> Bayern Munich. I mean, really, you have to ask me. Yeah, I just need to specify. Um, Bayern Munich, uh, three three to one, three to one. Well, I mean, you can specify like that, but I meant like why? Oh, I think it's Bayern Munich, bro. They got the, all that attack. I mean, Robert Lewandowski himself is just a beast. And we got Nabi and Hiro uh, Asane. Um, so, I mean, we got Mueller. Shit, it's, it's just damn. Like, you got powerful players, man. Like, yeah, freaking, that's the freaking. Uh, Damn, I don't know who I can compare them to. They're just in their own class. No, oh, yeah, I get you. I get you. Mm-hmm. All right, so we both got Bayern Munich. So we both, yeah, we both got Bayern Munich. So the third match is Sevilla versus Atletico Madrid. That's a good one. That's a good one. So, the last meeting, Atletico Madrid won 2-0. to zero. And both teams have won two of their last five games. Yeah, so, so both teams are definitely lot. trying to find a run of one. Yeah, I mean, on, the, on these two... Um, both both teams have won two of their last five games, so you have allowed twenty one goals. Atletico Madrid have scored fifty one goals. Atletico have Atletico Madrid have allowed have allowed allowed eighteen goals. So this is a, I guess I want to call it the the battle of the. Of the of the scrappy teams, of the hardworking teams, like they're the ones that you know they don't just have the talent, but they have the the hardworking guys as well playing. Like they're 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 like that engine, you know. I mean, that's the thing. You got like the you got the okay. You got the one of the basic footballs like Sevilla versus Atlético Madrid, which you know, they, they are also basic. They're more, they do have a little bit more star power compared to them, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense. If it does, to you, does it make sense? <laughs> huh? <laughs> does that make any sense to you? Um, in, in some way, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. So on this one, it's going to be very difficult. So I'm going to wait and see what you say. Who do you got on this third one? Man. 
But the big issue for me is can we start seeing political Madrid's footballs? Because they're they've, they've kind of gone through the crowd. There's I mean they still have that defense. We know the defense is there. And Sevilla is a very good, well-structured team. Like I said, they are very balanced. They can tackle the unit, they defend as unit. They do it very well. Um, <laughs> the question, to me, the big question mark, I'm, I'm going to keep saying it, is Atletico Madrid needs to score goals. Like, that's, that's a burden button. The defense is going to do their job. But Atletico needs to break through. And I think this could be a game where they get a lot of confidence because obviously they're going up against the a very good defensive team um, to boost their morale. And then, like I said, you know, kind of like how we said before, this could be a big boost for them. And like, like you know, this is this is this is the crunch time now. This is the time to make a big push to solidify your spot as as first place in La Liga. You have Barcelona and Real Madrid, you know, creeping up on you. Um, and last thing you want to be doing is losing some games. Um, or drawings I mean, this is now win now mode for, for Atletico Madrid and so they need to win they need to score goals I don't think they're going to do it I think it's going to be a draw okay wow a draw mm. damn it that's very tempting to follow but I shall not I think um, I think Atletico Madrid is going to win by 2-0. Man, you got four predictions and everything. There's a lot very wide. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I mean, Atletico Madrid has that star power. They got. Is Suarez out for injury? Or? No, he's there. No, he's there. Yeah, so then they have Suarez, so I, I, he he's a key player. He's a key component when it comes to the attacking field. You feed him, and there he is. Um, maybe you play John Felix at the same time. It's going to be double throw, you know. But then I, mean, I, I get what you mean, but it's, there's something lackluster right now about John Felix. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he hasn't really shown up, so it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say that about him, too, because um, he's, um, I guess you could say, he's like a wonderkind, you know, like he's, he's somebody you, you no, expect, I mean, he is a wonderkind, I'm not saying that he's not, but I mean, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just pointing out that, like, he just hasn't, and I'm, this was a player that okay. I highlighted from our, from our, like, going back to, the, you know, our, our first episode of can we see something from John Felix? I thought this was the player to definitely highlight. You see him be the star man there in Atletico Madrid, and he kind of has not been for me, at least this season. He has not really lived up to, I guess, the expectations I built. To his hype. But yeah. I think that the hype is deserved. It's just that he's just not having it. But it's definitely John needs to have a breakout here. Like, he needs a breakout. I mean, and now, if he can do that, especially if John Felix can break out, I think that this is, that's going to help solidify that strong place for Liverpool Madrid to win La Liga. But if he doesn't, and I mean, at this point, all they have is La Liga. You know, they're eliminated from Champions League. They're not in the Copa de Rey. So, this is, this is their only shot at winning over. 
and they had a very good lead for a while, and then it kind of faltered, and now you let Barcelona and Real Madrid get close, get back into it. Um, and I mean, like let's just, I mean, everything to say for what it is, we you had to be seen this dance before. And yep. It usually ends up evolving, and it usually involves one of our teams lifting a trophy at the end. Yeah. And this is kind of why mm-hmm. Atletico Madrid is true as the only one step child on it. Yep. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I do my I'm sorry, Spencer, you're listening to this, I know. But I just I just can't see it. Like it's just I mean I'm I'm rooting for Atletico Madrid on this one. So, all right, Hector already decided. Already decided. It's going to be a tie. Yeah, you say it's going to be a tie. I think it's going to be a tie. How's that? I've already decided it's a tie. It's <laughs> <laughs> not like you're going to change your, as your a, mind in the middle of the I speak, right? it's shall it happen. Is, is that what it is? So that's good. Nothing I, even, nothing I even, have prophesied. If you have... You've, Exactly. Your prophecies are usually the ones that are going opposite. So if you say tie, what's the opposite of a tie? Maybe it won't be a tie. What's the opposite of a tie? I don't. I don't know. Uh, Go ahead and tell them what's the opposite of a tie. I don't know. What's the opposite of both teams not winning? The underdog wins. That's that's the opposite of a draw. I don't know. Yeah. So wait, are now you saying it's the Lego Madrid the underdog? Mm. You said, you said uh, the underdog wins. The underdog is Sevilla. Sevilla so the underdog wins, so you're saying that the opposite of the opposite of the draw is you. Yes. Um, my head hurts. Damn it. It hurts as much as my toe now. <laughs> This your brain kind of contemplate, contemplate its own security. Yeah, pretty much. All right, yeah. man. So, to I guess say it, um, we both have Liverpool winning it. Both have Bayern Munich winning it. Um, apparently, I have you guys. You guys should expect the opposite of what I'm saying. So, it's a draw. <laughs> the opposite of a draw. <laughs> and uh and ever has a medical material So we'll see how that works. Obviously, um you guys will find out on the on the weekend and just like we do. But yeah, so there's that we're gonna go ahead and take one last break and then we're gonna go into a three up three down that I think you guys will enjoy and hopefully does not uh put any of our uh, any of our financial situations <laughs> in a promising situation. Not in a promising, in a horrible, in a horrible situation. All right, so we'll go ahead and we're gonna have uh, another great ad. Bro, where did you get that sick jersey? What, this thing? I got it at Fanatics. Fanatics? Yeah, Fanatics. It is a one-stop shop of all things sports. They sell jerseys, hats, shirts, jackets, and much more. You can go to our bio on Instagram and Twitter at insertnamefc. You'll see our link tree to Fanatics. When you go shop on that link, you will not only be getting some fresh gear, but you'll also be supporting Insert Name FC and the Unhinged Sports Network. I'm going to go start shopping now. And we are 
back. All right, there were three up, three down. Our jobs. Not our <laughs> jobs in general. Our jobs. <laughs> so, like I said, could or could not affect our financial situations depending on how where we put our jobs at. <laughs> or if, if any changing. of our bosses are listening to this. Uh, well, now you guys know. Alright, so three or three down. So basically, we, we are going to give you guys our bottom three jobs that we've worked and our top three jobs that we've worked. Um, so that's going to be very interesting to see how that pans out. <laughs> Alright. Hey, you, want, you want me to go first or you want to go first? You want to screw yourself <laughs> over first or you want me to screw yourself over? Uh, I'd rather you screw yourself over first. I'll do it later. Alright. My numbers th- for numbers three of my bottom three, I have the Marine Corps. Okay. <laughs> That's your number three worst? Yep. Yeah, we're going in our bottom three first, right? Yeah. So yeah, the Marine Corps. Um, I mean, there are some days that it's just very daunting. Be a little bit different. It, it, it's a it's a lot of rough, man. You know, you're you're away from your family, um, you're away from friends. I mean, you do have your your military family as well, but you know, sometimes you, you want to be back home. Um, so you have that. You know, the places you get stationed at isn't necessarily the place you want to be stationed. Obviously, I want to be in California, I was in North Carolina. Um, my, I mean, my MOS wasn't that bad, but I mean, wasn't what I wanted as well. Um, it's a lot of things that you you know, it's just there's there's uh, there's a lot of you know, it, there, there's moments that can be really rough in the military. Um, I'm not saying that I, I regret military life. I, I love military, um, but yeah, there's a bit. It's a definitely uh, it's not a job that not everybody can do uh, for sure. It's not for the pain of heart. I think and you have to have really thick skin. If you're if you go into the military and you're soft, you are going to have a very very rough military experience. Um, not that I was. I mean, it was just, you know, it, there's some days that just can be a little difficult and you do some, you do some crazy, some stupid stuff like, uh, having to clean out a whole, a whole, a whole shop and then having to have it reorganized in a different manner. It's, it's, there's a lot of things and, it, and it, you, you do it because of just someone got pissed off for no reason and then you end up having to change this whole thing just because someone just wasn't happy for one little thing. So there's some days where it could be really super rough. So number three is the U.S. Marine Corps. Uh, number two, number two, um, I'm gonna have to say my internship with the Houston Dynamo with the partnership marketing team. And uh, it's not so much the job; it's just the fact that it was an unpaid internship. Um, I, and and I know that you know, like it's funny how the in, in unpaid internship. Uh, a lot of people, it's a very, I guess, a touchy subject for some people. Um, I, I know the benefit of, of internships, man. I know that unpaid is not necessarily the most thrilling thing to hear, but, you know, it's an opportunity. And that's what it really was. Like, it was like, you got to meet some people with the Dynamo. I, well, I got to meet with the Dynamo. Um, I got to work with some people. I got to network. Um, they just like that I wasn't getting paid. Uh, yeah, definitely. 
but you know, I knew what it was gonna what it was gonna help me for. You know what I mean? So, um, but it did it did it does suck knowing you're doing some you're doing some stuff, you know, and you're you're working really hard, and and, and the thing that sucks is like you're not getting paid. So, so that's what, what really sucks about it. And uh, number one is O'Reilly. O'Reilly is the worst job I ever had. And it's not so much about the people that I worked with O'Reilly. I, I thought everybody was really cool in O'Reilly, but um, I just, retail sucks. Like, just retail yeah, just sucks. Oh, yeah, it does. So, I mean, you, people are horrible. Like, people are horrible, horrible people. Like, I mean, I cannot, I just, I, it baffles me how people treat someone that they don't even know. Like, I think it's the, the, the wildest thing to me. Like, for you to treat somebody that you've never met in your life like shit, it is, it's just like the balls on you, man. Like, seriously. Because I can't see myself doing it. And then, like, and then of, of all things, uh, for me to, you know, work at O'Reilly during the pandemic, where we, uh, yeah. where we had to wear masks and all that, and people were so very, you know, anti-masking and all that that came in. This one guy came in, didn't have a mask, didn't even bother to like try to have a mask with him. And I said, "Sir, you need a mask." And he looked at me he's like, "I have cancer." <laughs> and in my head, you know, obviously I had to be like, I'm like "Oh, okay, sir." But in my head, I'm like, "Bro, I don't." Care. <laughs> like I mean, like it sounds so horrible to say, like I don't care that you have cancer, but I'm just like, come on, and, like you know the rules, like you you know these, like one maybe the last thing that you should be doing if you have cancer is to keep your face not covered from COVID. So, I mean, uh, yeah, you just like I just didn't. Yeah, there were some days where it was pretty rough. I think when I think about it now, the worst people were the people that didn't know what they were looking for. Because I mean, the, oh, yeah. the mechanics that like the know it all mechanics, even though that sometimes they could be wrong, at least they knew what they were looking for. Whereas people that don't know what they're looking for, they're just like, "Oh, don't you know what they look, what it looks like?" I'm like, "Yeah, but I don't know what your car needs." Yeah, exactly. So like, it, it's, I mean, it, it's the frustrating part, and then I always go back to that to that one kid, the one that I was freaking punched in the face. Because um, you do get <laughs> you get the need to punch somebody in the face when you work in, in auto sales. I think retail in general. But, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, this one kid comes in and, you know, because O'Reilly does sell uh, motorcycle parts. And not a lot, but we do sell some sort of motorcycle parts. And everybody comes in and he's like, hey, man, um, I, need a, I need a battery for my motorcycle. And I'm like, okay, cool. What kind of motorcycle you got? And he's like, uh, it's a 2016 Yamaha. And I'm like, okay, a Yamaha what? He's like, a Yamaha. I know. What kind of motorcycle is it? He's like, it's a 2016 Yamaha. I'm like, you can say the year the year make, but I need to know the model. He's like, is that important? Yeah. That's, and, you know, I'm kind of looking at pretty it. It's pretty important. I mean, you know, not all Yamaha batteries are the same. And he just stares at, and it was just, it was just him mostly just staring at me. Not like angry or anything like that, just confused. He just had the same mm. stupid, confused look in his face. 
And he's just like, well, I don't know what that is. I'm like, well, if I don't know the model and I can't get you the battery, he's like, and that's important to know? Like, yeah, if you own a motorcycle, I think you would know what it is. And he's just like, like, do you, like, cause I was like, I, like, I have a, I have a price of 300. Now I know where, to, you know, to go find my car parts from. Yeah. For that specific car. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, is there another way for me to find out, like, what, what, what a motorcycle is? I was like, well, do you have your, do you have your insurance? Insurance card? I could probably see the name, like, what kind of you have for insurance card. And he just stared at me. I'm like, okay, this kid probably doesn't have insurance. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, that was like the longest half an hour of my life. It was, that was the longest half hour of my life. Just trying Jesus. to have this kid understand the concept of knowing of having the, the importance of knowing your model. <laughs> it was rough. Yeah. Very rough. But yeah, so O'Reilly tell, it's not so much the it's not so much the job, it's not so much the people. It's the people you put up. It's the customers you put up with. Specifically retail. Retail is just rough and people that make careers out of working in retail, I have a lot of respect for you. I wouldn't do it, but I have a whole lot of respect for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to reiterate my bottom three is the Marine Corps, um, being an unpaid intern for the Houston Dynamo, and uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts. Okay, okay. All right. Well, here goes mine. My number three. Um, basically retail. Um, when I first started working at GameStop, it was not fun at all. It, it was not like working at Game Crazy. Game Crazy was more free, liberal, and stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure people are going to be like, well, that's why they closed. Well, yeah, but we were more focused on what the customer wanted and um, what you know, making money. You know, that, that, that was me. That was me. So, it, it, it was just, that, that's, that's the way I see it. Um, being that man, type of I miss, I, I miss, I miss those game crazy days. Man. Oh, yeah, bro. I'm telling you, man. I miss those days. I mean, I never worked at game crazy. That's something that I wonder when I say that. Um, but I used to, I used to hang out at Edwards, at Edwards, uh, Game Crazy location. Um, and I mean, his boss never tripped. Um, I remember it would be me, him. And what was funny was what we used to do, uh, maybe there's a reason why Game Crazy <laughs> closed. Was, uh, we would actually, like, one of the, obviously one of the, uh, demo consoles, we would actually take the, C- the demo CD out and we would start playing, like, an actual, like, game on one of them. I remember we used to play mm-hmm. SmackDown vs. Raw. Uh, SmackDown vs. Raw, Guitar Hero, Smash Brothers, FIFA sometimes. Yeah, FIFA sometimes. But yeah, man, we're yeah, just... Those are, those, are, those are some good days, man. I still remember that crazy that crazy TLC match that we had with Ryan. Oh, God. That was so awesome. Uh, I wonder how they're doing. I haven't talked about it in a minute. 
Those guys were cool. <laughs> it was just so funny. Yeah. <laughs> when you look back at it, and I was like, oh, I can see why Game Crazy didn't, well, Hollywood video didn't do so well. Well, that was on the Hollywood video side. Game Crazy was the one that was bringing the money. That's true. So, ha, in the face. And then you worked at GameStop. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that's, that's where all the fun was kind of died. I remember everything was just different. I remember I couldn't even hang out. <laughs> yeah, you had to leave. We get a buy anything? I'm no. sorry, bro. We get a buy anything? No. Like, we I was like, dang, yeah, man. I still remember that. Oh, when they, when they said that to me? Yeah, I was like, oh, man. I was like, I'm not, I was like, my bad, bro. I was like, I didn't, I didn't know I to tell you that. I think it was a dick, man. <laughs> I think it was a dick. But yeah, so, okay, so GameStop. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, um, it is what it is, brother. And that's my number three. Is a game stop. Uh, my number two. It was um, working at the Houston Racket Club. The what? Um, the Houston Racket Club is technically a country club, but instead of working outside like you with the golf carts and stuff like that, um, I was working inside. In the kitchen. So I was a food runner. So I'd be the ones taking the kitchen to the members. I was looking for customers, but to the members. And um, uh, every time it sucks, everybody told me if they offer you a tip, you can't take it because they're already paying for the membership. Therefore, they're already paying for the food and everything because the food, they did have to pay for it right there. You know, they would make. The only people that could get tips were, of course, the servers. Mm-hmm. But not me, the food runner, the guy who took the food to the table. I, you know, I didn't get tips. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, that sucked. Um, but other than that, I mean, it, it was fun people to work with. It was just, damn, it sucked ass so much when, when I was working there. Uh, it was late night sometime. So maybe I'd be going out at this time, like one thirty in the morning and shit. And I was dead tired from the, the night, from the night shift. It was so busy, especially on the weekends. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was my number two, man. It was, it was just so bad. I, I mean, compared to your country club job, I mean, I think mine was kind of off in a way because I had to deal with the customer and the food and oh I need this uh, can you send this back I don't want this anymore uh, anyways so yeah, that's my number two and my number one was working at Fiesta as a bag boy oh man and of all the Fiestas exactly um, that so, one, for those who don't know, Fiesta is a uh, popular uh, store. grocery store. Yes. I may have the name Fiesta didn't give it away. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it is a pretty, pretty popular. I don't know. I don't know how many. 
I don't know how many cities or at least states that have FIESTA. But I know at least te- specifically Houston, Texas has plenty of them. Houston has a lot. Um, but yeah, like so, north side, east side, south side, like yes. downtown. There's plenty of them here in Houston. Um, but yeah, though, it's just, and yeah, it, it, it's, it's pretty hectic in there, especially because like outside the Fiesta, it's like, it's basically like the flea market, if you will, because they have like little outside businesses, like a little, uh, people that do exactly. the tech that was parents, only, that tech was, Big soccer jersey sales. Uh, the guy that does the, the food truck guys. Uh, it's just a lot of stuff. But, but yeah, so uh, yeah. go ahead. I mean, and then what's worse is my first day there, I got my car stolen. Mm, yeah, that's right. There's yes, white Honda <sighs> Yeah. They took the cat, they took everything, man. They're so bad. So yeah, it just it was it was I don't know I don't even know what to say at that point. <clears throat> I was lost because okay, so I was literally there for two hours, and in those two hours, they stole my car. So I was like, yeah, I was like, come on. Like, the one off of Brainswood, right? No, no, no. The one off of Hillcroft. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was pretty bad. Yeah, so that's how I was like, oh, no. Sucks fucking ass. So bad. So I was just like, no, no, fucking hell. Ugh. Well, yeah. It was, it was it was pretty bad. It was, I, I didn't know what else to say, honestly, at that point. Mm-hmm. So they stole my car. I found they found it the next day, an hour before I had to go back into work. And there was they had basically been in a chop shop. So yay! I don't know what else to tell you, bro. Just another day. Just another day. Just another day in that ghetto side of town. Because that's Mm -hmm. the ghetto side of town. Well, there's a lot of ghetto side of town. There's a lot of ghetto side of town. Yeah, that's true. Here in Houston, it's like the north side and and Beller and Gessner. Smaller side of north side, I guess. I'm not even mm-hmm. sure. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you iterate your bottom three. So, my bottom three is number three is GameStop. <coughs> number two is the Houston Rapid Club. And number one is Fiesta. Which, by the way, did not pay well enough to be a bag boy for everybody. Well, when I was a bag boy for Kroger, which I hate that job too. See that? Um, it was for Kroger. Though. It was six dollars and ten and ten cents. At that time, that's what minimum wage was. I got paid five twenty 
five, bro. That must be what minimum wage was at that time. Yeah, that was like yeah, you started working there like in two thousand seven. Yeah, So yeah, so that was minimum wage at that time. Yeah, so crazy. Yeah, time changes. Because now minimum wage is in Shit, and if things go apparently the way they are, shit, people are asking for fifteen dollars for minimum wage. Mm-hmm. It's going to be basically more than once again. The only place, the only place to deserve fifteen hours is Chipotle. Those people <laughs> they deserve fifteen hours. They deserve foot rubs before and after work. They deserve it all. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to think that maybe I should do it. What work for every day? Yeah. Hey man, at least you guaranteed Sundays off. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Time for the three up. All right. So for me, for my for my my top three, number three, the numbering core. That is correct. They made it on both lists. Because to be honest, the Marine Corps is a love hate relationship. Um you know, as much as there's a lot of bad, a lot of a lot of bad moments in the Marine Corps, there's a lot of great. And obviously, the commodity, uh, well, obviously Spencer, me and Spencer, um, someone that I consider a brother. Um, you know, there's just something. Uh, you know, it's great to see another Marine just because it's always you know you know what each other gone through. Um, but all the dad, I mean, like you know, that was you know, ever ever to say that this is what I want to do since I was a kid. Join the Marine Corps, so that was yep. all I wanted to do was join the Marine Corps. And I remember everybody trying to talk, including everyone trying to talk me out of joining the Marine Corps. Um, but you know, it was it was a decision that I needed to make, and a, and a decision I, sh- I definitely am glad I made because everyone can tell you too, I was not very uh, goal oriented like I am now. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, um, I think I think that's something you have to go through to yeah. to get to where you're at now. No, yeah, so the rank was the best decision I ever made. Um, yeah, there's some there's some tough moments and there's some, some days that you're just like, I just want to go home. And then you have those moments where you're like, man, this is the best decision I ever made. And, and I would do it again in a heartbeat. I, I say that to this day. It, I, you know, saw 18 year old, well, actually, technically 17 year old, me because that's when I, when, that's when I signed in. But uh, I would do it again, do it all over again. Uh, maybe change a few things, but I would do everything all over again. Um, but yeah, so no, yeah, number three is the Marine Corps. Um, number two, um, eh, it's crazy how I said that an unpaid internship was on my bottom three, and my number two is an unpaid internship, and that is with being a football equipment manager. Rice University. It was so much fun, man. Just like I, I, I loved everything about just being a football equipment manager. Just because you're out there in the practice, like you're actually part of the practice. Like you're, you're. Well, I mean, you're not really part of the practice. You're just you're snapping the football. You're, you know, you're you're helping out the team, you know, with drills and all that. But you're you're out there. You're out there in the field. You know, you're running around. I loved it. I think it was so much fun just being part of the practices. Um, you know. Being, helping out with the team. Um, some people maybe thought it was demeaning just because you know we're doing the players' laundry and all that, but I didn't really. That didn't bother me too much. 
Um, but I just had a spot, you know, I got to, got to meet some really cool guys on the football team, got to meet some really cool people that work for Rice University. Um, but I got to do a lot of cool things, man. I got to go, you know, got to travel to, to Mississippi. I got to, you know, uh, I, I wish I got to do more with Rice University. I mean, obviously I did in the, in, in, in the pandemic. Um, so, you know, we're very limited, but I mean, it was just so much fun. And then plus all the, all the cool rice swag that I got out of it, it definitely was a big boost. Um, yeah, I mean, it was an unpaid internship, but it was such a fun opportunity. And that's kind of what, like I was saying is that these unpaid internships, like I know, I know it sucks, you know, that you're not getting paid and it could be rough, but I think the, the experience pays off. And I think, you know, you, now you have something to put on your resume that you can, that, they, that can really, um, kind of jump you over a certain person because, you know, you're putting, you know, you're putting the sweat equity in, um, that, and the experience in so you can get that job that eventually is going to pay you, you know. Exactly. So, yeah, so number two is my time as a, as a football equipment and, uh, intern for Rice University. And then number one, um, I'm pretty sure Edward kind of has an idea what my number one is, but, and it, it was working for the Houston Nationals. Um, because, you know, every, anybody that knows me, at least knows me very well, they, everybody knows I'm, I'm a big Houston Nationals fan. The Houston Nationals are my, are my number one team in Houston. My number one American sports team. Um, I've, I've, I've loved that team since I was a kid. Um, Going back to the years of, of Moises Alou and um, obviously Craig Biggio and Jeff Bagwell, those 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 days, um, you know, I was always a Nationals fan. Um, I've been there with all throughout all the bad times and all the good times. Um, and you know, when when I got out of the, the Marine Corps and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, um, next thing you know, I'm in the grounds crew for the Astros, um, getting getting to be part of what they were building. Um, with Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve and, and Alex Bregman, you know, getting to be on the field with those guys was, was really cool. And I mean, yeah, I was just a ground speaker, you know, that's, yeah, just some may, may, maybe not seem as, as illustrious, but it was a, it was a fun job. It was an honest job. And I didn't mind it. And then obviously, you know, a few years down the road, I moved into their marketing team in 2018. And that was also the real cool part was just being on the field during the World Series. Say what you want about the Astros in the 2017 World Series. Um, I was on the field. The trash can banging was not as loud as you thought it was. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm going to point it out that I was literally on the field and I still didn't hear that. It, I mean, you heard something, but it wasn't as significant. I think it is. Um, but not, not, it was just one of the best experiences for me. It was uh, something that I was just, you know, I got to be part of my favorite baseball team. Like not, you know, like I can actually say we, you know, when everybody likes to make fun of people when they talk about a sports team and they say, yeah, we just didn't win today. And then they make fun of you. Cause like, what are you part of the team? And like, yeah, it, like whenever people, I said that to people and they're like, what are you part of the Astros? As a matter of fact, I am. So I was able to pull that you stuff out, but you had, great you, had the, you had the world series ring to prove that too. Yeah. I got my world series ring. Got the, American League Championship ring from 2019. Just great memories, man. Great, great experiences. Great people. I mean, the Houston Astros was the best thing. Working for the Houston Astros was the greatest thing to happen to me. It's, it's like that's what really pushed me um, to want to do 
do more and hopefully maybe one day I can find myself back with the Houston Nationals because it was such a great experience. And every, I love everybody that I worked with. Um, I can't say anything negative about anybody. I think everybody that I worked with, that I worked with at the Houston Nationals were, were amazing. Um, definitely a great organization to work for. I think they took good, uh, I mean, they're, I mean, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm always speaking on my experience, but um, I, I definitely will say that they, they took really good care of, of their employees in the Houston Nationals. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. All right. So to reiterate my my top three, the Marine Corps, they made both lists. Um, my unpaid internship at Rice University, and my uh, my time at the Houston. Nice. Okay. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Well, here goes my three. So my number three, raise on top. Um, okay, so my top three on this one is Game Crazy, of course. The Holy Grail. Yeah. I always had fun with them there. So, yeah, I was... I was liked it and it was always fun and like you said I mean shit it was it was more like being with friends and just you know being all retarded and shit yeah so what was crazy was so, um, what I was hoping I was hoping because like the thing with Game Crazy I remember you had to be 18 to work there you had to be 18 yeah, or you had to be out of high school? Well, I think it was 17 or 18 because of the, because of the rated M games. Oh, okay. But yeah, so I got, because I remember, I remember every time I would come in and I would be like, hey, can I get a job here? And they're like, bro, you're, you're not, a, you're not, a, you know, you're not, you're not of age. I'm like, damn it, come on, just can y'all make an exception? Because I was like, I was basically there. I was like, you guys might as well just pay me. Cause I, I probably did, like, literally, as soon as I got off school, I would go over. It depended if everyone was working or not, but I would go stop by Game Crazy. I might not even, I usually don't, never bought anything. I just hung out there. Um, but, uh, yeah, the guys were cool. Um, as a matter of fact, one, I remember buying an Xbox 360 from one of the guys there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. No, no, it was just, it was a fun job, man. It was, it was just, it was, I mean, it was a fun job for you. I know you, that was like one of the times where I, I remember you were always excited. And I believe that before that you worked at Walmart, right? Oh yeah, that was a horrible experience. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but it maybe would have helped if you actually showed up to work. Yeah, I just didn't. I just didn't. I didn't think too much of it. I didn't think of Walmart as a career. No, What's crazy is the benefits of working at Walmart. <laughs> the yeah. benefits are nice for full-time employees at Walmart. I remember that. I was saying, like, dang, maybe I've been taking this all wrong. <laughs> so yeah, all right. So number number three is game crazy. Mm-hmm. Number three is game crazy. Number two, it is um, uh, uh, um, well, you know what? Number two is Costco. Costco. 
Costco. I only worked there for Christmas break. I was working at GameStop at times, but I loved working at Costco. So it was such a badass experience. I was well paying too. And so I honestly thought I was going to stay and I did because they said that they were going to hire people that were basically there for a longer time. So yeah. Just, um, what could have been? Yeah, I don't know, bro. It was really so cool. But, oh, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. But, yeah, so that was my number two, was constant. And my number one is as much as I bitch and moan about it, as much as I don't like it right now, it was to say Toyota. Just, it taught me a lot of different things. So, it's, yeah, I mean, I like it. It's just, uh, just gets so freaking uh, stressful. But yeah, so to reiterate, blah, 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 reiterate, my number three is Game Crazy. My number two is Costco. And my number one is Tia. Those are my tops. Okay. Um. Oh yeah. It's just, it's. I, I thought this was a pretty cool one. Uh. I thought this was an excellent. Actually, everyone was one that recommended it. Uh. For this trip yeah. down. Um. It. It's kind of like one of those where you go moving down memory lane and look back at all the places you've worked at. Um, yeah. Was, I mean, I don't think. I won't say that. Yeah. It's not like I have anything negative about every almost person. Like I feel like I've gained something from every single one. Even O'Reilly, yeah. but um, not. I mean, yeah, you had to rate them somewhere. So. Um, yeah. But I mean, you know, it just kind of got your blessings in, in a way. Um, but no, it's just a crazy, especially for me. You know, kind of to look back and and see all that I've done, especially in, like as soon as I got out of the Marine Corps and you know started pursuing a career in sports, and uh, to to work with organizations like. Astros, and Rockets, the Dynamo, getting uh, to you know work with Rice University, USA Football. Um, you know, it's it's things that like I never imagined I would end up. You know, if I told myself as a kid that hey man, you're gonna have a World Series ring. Um, once again, I don't give a shit what people think. You know, believe what you want to believe, but um, you know, for what it means to me, it you know it's my ring. Fuck off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, nah, it's just to, to look back in those experiences and especially, you know, to ask my, to go to my younger, to my younger self, like, hey man, you know, work for me, Astro. Bro, I'd be, my younger self would be crying. The thought of working for the Nationals was, was such a, like I said, it, you know, I'm a big Nationals, I'm a big Astros, I'm a big Astros fan. Um, but yeah, man, being able to look back at it and you just see how much you, 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 you've grown through the years. So I thought it was a pretty cool topic. Uh, it would be cool to see what Spencer had to say. <laughs> but here we are. Um, but yeah, nah. Um, anything you want you want to mention from, from all this? Um, not really. Not anything that comes to mind at the moment. Okay. All right. So that is the show. We want to give a shout out to the Athens Sports Network. Um, if you guys, unfortunately, we did not win the clash. Um, 
Data ended up winning uh, four to three. It was actually a back and forth. Uh, you know, we did beat, win our matchup against Beyond the Press Box. Um, with Beyond the Press Box, I didn't say I, I wasn't being cocky out of out of just not thinking less of you. I just obviously I'm, it works tell you I'm pretty competitive. So I, I usually I usually get Yeah, so I mean, but uh no, you guys you guys did a great job. I think you guys competed with us very well. Um you guys had you guys definitely got near us. Um but I mean it was just a fun experience. I think this was a, a great thing to to get us to, you know, obviously promote the other podcasts that we have here on Unhinged Sports Network. Um but I mean, you know, this is only the beginning and and this is definitely something where we're gonna we're gonna keep pushing uh, and promoting all the podcasts that we have here in Onion Sports Network. Obviously, the J Dash Morning Show, um, Far End of the Bench, the, the Reserves Podcast. If you guys want to listen to some good basketball talk, go listen to the Reserves Podcast. They're really good, um, especially now with March Madness and the NBA. Definitely want to listen to those guys. Um, Beyond the Press Box, man. Uh, High Low Sports. Our boy Kelsey from for our 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 partner at uh, at I mean, Jeff C. Um, just so much great content, man. And I, I, you know, listen to what they're doing, man. We're, they're building something really special. I mean, I guess we are with them too. So we're building something special yeah. with them. So definitely check out what they're doing, man. They got a lot of great content. So, uh, they do more than just podcasts. They also do blogs. So, you know, read up on some of the stuff that they talk about. Um, it's, it's basically just fans talking sports, man. That's really what it is. I mean, that's basically what we do the team with. Um, but yeah, so you can follow them on Twitter at Network Unhinged. Um, so stay tuned and obviously they'll let you know when we're live, uh, on there because obviously you can catch us first on Fridays at 11 a.m. Central Time at the Unhinged Sports Network at unhingedsn.com. That's how you catch us first before you are immediately available on the other, uh, podcast platforms. Um, also, shout out to Alejandro Gomez, the creator of the Insert Name FC logo and her business, A&G Graphics. You can follow her on Instagram at a.g.graphics with an X. Once again, it's a.g.graphics with an X. Um, you guys love our logo and you guys have an idea of maybe for a logo for yourself. Hit her up and let her take care of her, uh, let her take care of you like she took care of us. Um, so we love the logo. I think it's the best logo in the world. Uh, award nominated logo as well. So that is something to point out. And of course, man, we can't give this guy enough props as we should. Shout out to Roosevelt Spencer, the producer of Insert Name FC, the man that has created the two amazing beats that you have, that you hear for our intro and outro. The man that does all our karaoke stuff, the man that does everything for us. We try to accommodate him as much as we can, but you know, we try it. We try Spencer. But if you love you love our beats, you love all that stuff, man. Follow him on Instagram at that guy dope. Once again, at that guy dope. You guys looking to do some sort of collaboration, man? Hit him up on Instagram, and you know he was popping, man. Not only that, man. But if you if you guys look, uh, heard our interview with NGU Booby, Spencer does do some beats for NGU Booby as well. So he's you you can hear his stuff also out there on on all the mute in in some in some rapper stuff. That's so really good. Yep, he is. All right, man. That's the show, man. Um, episode thirty. It's crazy to think that we've gotten to thirty episodes. 
So here we are, man. Catch us next week for episode 31, which now we're hitting over date. <laughs> yep, so um, episode 31, which we will also be doing a preview for the MLS season. So, so for you guys that want us to talk about Major League Soccer, so it's coming. And yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun to hear uh, Edwards take off on on Major League Soccer. That's for sure. I will have to start watching it for sure. Can't yep. be a real snub man. That's true. So catch us next week for another great episode. Thanks for listening, and once again, catch us next week. $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.